Welcome to the Fem Nation Podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs can rise together. Success comes in many flavors. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm White of Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Entrepreneur and founder of the Female Entrepreneur Movement, our business is dedicated to helping women start and grow their businesses, increasing financial independence. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back, Fem Nation. Today, I want to bring you an amazing guest. Lynn Murphy is an innovative speaker, consultant, and business leadership coach. She's a founder and president of Key Innovative Business Solutions. Thank you so much today for being on, Lynn. Well, thank you. This is really an honor to be invited. I look forward to our conversation. So let me ask you the question of the hour. Where did your entrepreneurial journey begin and how did you get to where you are today? Well, it's interesting you ask that because I never as a child would have ever thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> I always grew up, I was going to be a teacher. Those were my role models. That's what I was going to do. And when I look back on this, I realized that my parents were entrepreneurs, but we just thought we were broke. We didn't realize that there was a fancy <laughs> name for it. you know. Because <laughs> my, my dad was one who always owned businesses. And so, in fact, when I was born, he owned a tavern. Back then, they were called taverns. You know, it was back mm-hmm. in the, the olden days, the Stone yes. Age, um, when it was a family type thing, and they did shuffleboard and teams and that type of thing. But, and then when I was growing up, we lived in a motel. So it was really interesting. So I, but I never thought, I never connected those things with my journey. I just always wanted to be a teacher. So I taught for a while. That wasn't really what I wanted. It was too structured. I had to do things a certain way and not do things a certain way. Heaven forbid we should stay out for recess longer than the other teachers stayed out for recess. You know, I was in (laughs) trouble for that. And then I got into business and got into real estate development, real estate consulting. I did sell, kind of accidentally got into selling lands and and, um, subdivisions. But it was because I left a corporation at a time when it was time for me to leave Mm-hmm. And went with a partner who had left the corporation too, and we formed a brokerage. And so that was my first foray into not getting a W 2, you know, not having right. a job. All of a sudden, it, I was on my own. And I can't really say that sales is my favorite thing, but it was, it gave me more freedom, it gave me an opportunity to make a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And I was working with a couple of people I really enjoyed working with. So it made it fun, you know, which is part of the journey for me, I think. It's, I've got to enjoy what I'm doing. And I've got mm-hmm. to enjoy the people I'm working with. And anyway, several years of real estate consulting. And then 20 years ago, well, almost 20 years ago now, I started this company, which is Key Innovative Business Solutions, where it's all my company. It's all me. And some days when it's all me, mm-hmm. it's, you know how that is. It's a little stressful, right? The right. chief cook and bottle washer. <laughs> but I, 
I went back to that teaching. And what I'm doing in my business now for all these years is working with businesses and organizations to help them build high-performing teams. Mm. So it's about interpersonal skills, communication, conflict resolution, performance management, you know, that team building, that engagement piece. And I realized I always did want to be a teacher. Now I'm doing a teacher as an entrepreneur, not as someone who's working in a school system under a structure, having Mm -hmm. to do it the way somebody tells me to do it. And uh, I just love being able to do it this way. Mm -hmm. So that, that kind of completes the circle from teacher to all these other things and back to teacher only doing it as an entrepreneur, doing it the way I want to do it. Exactly. And and so, and when you were saying that when at first, when you were telling about that story of going into being a teacher, I was like, well, you, you kind of, you really actually are a teacher, you know? And so seeing (laughs) it loop around, that's amazing and it's good and it makes complete sense. What was, when, when did it dawn on you that um, this entrepreneurial journey was going to lead you back into kind of a full circle? Well, I have to give credit to my coach, whom I've worked with for years and years and years. And she and I worked together every couple of weeks for a lot of years. And she could see where I was going in the consulting, in the real estate end of it, real estate development, zoning work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were times when I worked with this partner that I left to work with. There were other times that I joined other brokerages. And one of those brokerages, I was the only, I was one of two women agents in that brokerage. There was a lot of testosterone. Mm, <laughs> a yes. lot of young guys who on Monday morning felt compelled to share their weekend journey. <laughs> <laughs> and it was TMI. You know, yes. I'd been married for a long time. I, I wanted to get to work. Anyway, so, so my coach could see me struggling with these things. And, and my performance went down. And she's the one who kind of pushed me. She kept saying, well, what do you really want to do? What do you really want to do? And it never dawned on me, I want to teach. Right. And then friends of mine have a, no longer, but they, at the time they had a consulting and training business. And they were in town and I got talking to them. And you know, I was kind of listening to my coach in one ear and, and then she was encouraging me to say, you know, go have more conversations with them. And I ended up going to some of their trainings as a participant and then get trained to getting trained to facilitate their courses. Mm. And my coach kept saying, do your own courses, figure out your own. And I said, how do I do that? She says, well, for heaven's sakes, you were a teacher. You can figure that out. Right. <laughs> Only doing it differently. And so I guess that's when it finally dawned on me, wow, this is really what I want to do. You know, I, I hadn't had that W-2 since I was, you know, many, many years before. But I didn't really want to be in sales anymore. Of course, mm-hmm. All of you entrepreneurs know you have to be in sales, no matter what you're doing, what your business is. It is a piece of it. It is a piece of it. You cannot deny that. But, you know, it's different when, when I feel like I'm selling, when I feel like I'm offering people something that I know they really need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working with these organizations, when I see the 
struggles with conflict and, and communication and miscommunication and that I can do something about that mm-hmm. and that I can help them. And I don't always get the feedback from them. I don't always hear the difference that I'm making or helping them make in their lives, but I know it's there. And, and when I do my coaching, and that's, that's with individuals. I do some group coaching, but mostly with individuals too. So that's where the working with entrepreneurs is just really, really thrilling. But I got an email from a woman I'd worked with for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And she, out of the clear blue, months after we had finished her last program, she sent me an email and said, this is what I'm doing now that you and I talked about X months ago. And she said, I keep hearing you in my ear, helping me figure out what to do. And she, she wrote to thank me for this. Oh, <laughs> it's wow. totally unexpected, but you know, it's so gratifying to know that helping people with those interpersonal skills mm-hmm. really changes their lives. Mm-hmm. And I want to touch on that just briefly, because I know, a lot of entrepreneurs and even in our current landscape of, you know, all things shifting and becoming more digital and more people trying to find some sort of security of if they didn't have it in a job, maybe they can have it in entrepreneurship to some degree. There is a learning curve and there is a time that you have to uh, learn to navigate the process before the process actually just unfolds itself. So you realized it, that you enjoyed working with um, a lot of variables, but it became the conflict side of it, the, the conversation side of it, uh, the communication piece of it for teams and businesses. That is something that really spoke to you as far as pursuing your entrepreneurial journey further, you know, like taking a ne- next step or going to another phase. What was it like during that time of navigating the process of learning what it is that you want to bring to the world? It was scary. I, I doubted myself. There's so many times that I had conversation with my coach and she said, you can figure this out. Just do what these other people are doing. If, if you need a model, okay, go work with somebody for a while mm-hmm. and figure it out. And I kept struggling and struggling and saying, I don't know enough. <laughs> and that's where I come from. Right. I don't know enough. I need to know it all before I can implement and realize that I was holding myself back because of that that I needed to take action and adjust al- along the way. And I just figured I didn't know enough. I wasn't experienced enough in that field. And so, it, yeah, it was a struggle. It took me a while to work through that, just like you're saying, to work through the process right. so that it comes more easily. And, and one thing that comes to mind when you mention that is when I look at where I started putting my own workshops together and how do I do this? And how do I time these so that, you know, we have enough time for an activity and how do I switch up things that I've seen other people do and, and make it apply? And how do I reach these objectives? And, and I, I'm one who gathers all sorts of information and I put all this stuff into documents and I look at it and I think, how am I going to do this? And I always get to a point where I go, I'm never going to figure this out. I'm just, it's <laughs> never going to come together. I've got two weeks to finish this and I'm not going to be able to do it. And then my coach says, you always get it done, don't you? Well, yeah. 
Okay, so <laughs> knock that stuff off, you know. <laughs> of course you're going to get it done. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, you know, then I calm down. And it seems like there has to be, in my, for my process anyway, there has to be all this stuff that looks like chaos. And then suddenly, almost suddenly, as I work through it and sleep on it and wake up thinking about things, making notes, that it all kind of falls together. And so I've learned that when I get to that point of frustration and chaos and, oh my God, what am I going to do? That I hear her voice in my head saying, you always get it done, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Okay. It will come together and trusting that process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've had to find where I hang myself up, (laughs) where I get in my own way. And I'll tell you, helping, having a coach and a mentor help me with those things invaluable. Hands down. Hands down. Absolutely. Is something that every entrepreneur needs to have. I mean, and on top of it, they're investing in themselves too, right? They're investing in that vision and that, and what they're bringing to the world. So naturally you need somebody that's outside of your head to give you perspective. (laughs) So you don't stay in your head, right? (laughs) Yes. And the other thing she always did for me was to say, you know, when I'd say, oh, you know, this is a problem. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And she'd say, look at how you used to handle that situation or that type of situation Mm. and look how you're handling it now and look at how much you've progressed because I don't see it. You know, I'm right here or out in the future somewhere doing my, oh my God thing. And I don't look back to see the progress that I've made. Mm -hmm. So to have someone like you're saying outside your head, who's Mm -hmm. objective mostly, and can give you that kind of input is just absolutely invaluable. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about uh, what you've brought to the table as far as kind of your zone of genius and conflict and communication. Well, the communication piece a lot came from my teaching. And, you know, I'm very <laughs> anal about some of those things. And even just just the, the, the building blocks of communication, the mm-hmm. spelling and the grammar and all those things. I'm, I'm really, yeah, angle is the word about that. But the other thing is around the conflict, I was terrible with dealing with conflict. And I can remember doing some real estate deals where it wasn't that I was dishonest about something, but I maybe sugarcoated some of the situations with the properties. You know, looking back on that now, I think, oh, that was just, it didn't, it wasn't unethical. It was just not aligned. I wasn't really clear up front, you know, because I wanted people to be excited about it. And it was commercial mm-hmm. things. It wasn't homes. And then my coach, my coach again, <laughs> said, why don't you take a course in mediation? I think you would make a good mediator. Hmm. It had never occurred to me. And I am diplomatic and, and with negotiating these real estate deals and, you know, million, multi-million dollar things, I was negotiating. She says, you know, you're, you're good at that. Why don't you get some training and be a mediator? Mm-hmm. So I searched it out and I took 40 hours training as a mediator and I mediated in justice court for a while, mediated mm-hmm. in a teen program where teens were fighting with each other and they wanted them to, you know, figure out a way instead of knocking each other out or being really mean, you know, how to calm that down. And I worked with a peer mediation program for a while and I loved it. And it taught me 
a lot of things that I needed to do to, to be more forthright, to communicate better. So between my background in teaching and the, the mediation and just that, those experiences, I think I bring a lot to that. You know, bringing those skills and that, that understanding, that recognition of what needs to happen. So often in a conflict situation when I'm coaching people, they don't see the other side of it or they don't see how it impacts the business. And that's where I go a lot of times with the coaching is, okay, here's the situation. How is it impacting mm. growing your business or you know, growing your team or being more successful? And then how can you work together with the person you're in conflict with figure out what you both want and need. Well, actually what you both need, not necessarily what you want, mm -hmm. but what you both need. And so I've taken that mediation piece and worked with managers on that a lot. HR directors and managers and business owners. How do you apply that mediation model in your business? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is just, not just because it's not all that, easy to do, but how do you look at what you both need rather than looking at, I want this and you want that, and we're never going to come together on this. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in the middle, even if it's just, we want to be at peace. <laughs> right. I, had, I had one mediation with two neighbors who had fought and fought and fought, and it had amped up for months and months and months. And when we got into it, what they really wanted was to live next door to each other because neither wanted to move and they didn't want to fight anymore. So, mm -hmm. you know, when, when one's saying, I want you to do this and the other says, no, I won't do that. I want you to do this. Those aren't really the issues. You know, you, mediation teaches you to get down to what that, that basic need is and what the common need is and figure out how to work with that. So I'm going to make a stretch on this based off of that, because I think it's something very relevant that would be valuable for the listeners. And I think you can bring a lot to the table on this. So much of what you were just talking about, about what it is that they were wanting on the external side of it and expecting everybody else to do in order for them to get that it was actually an internal part for themselves. And so as mm -hmm. solo entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that are working towards something or, um, shifts in what our normal looks like in life, you know, things that come at us outside of our control that really bring us kind of an internal conflict, if you will, really has to go deeper than what we think on the surface because it's stemming from somewhere. It's stemming some, from something that's a little bit deeper than that. Talk to me about that a little bit and how do you help entrepreneurs really use that same skill to uplift themselves out of whatever ebb and flow that they find themselves in. Well, as you say, White Dev, it's got to be about going inside and really looking at what that internal thing is and, and digging deeper. So a lot of it's peeling away the layers. You know, first, especially in mediation, but even just entrepreneurs can help do this for themselves, is get out, you know, rage, whatever you need to do, get that out first. Get the emotion past it because there's going to be emotion with it. Absolutely. And, and quit trying to make the other guy the bad guy. Mm -hmm. You know, look at it that how can we figure this out together? Visually, I always describe it as they're sitting across the table from each other going this way or that way, you know, the push and the pull. 
But when you move next to each other, let's both get on the same side of the table and figure out what is it that we both want? How can we solve this problem together? And you know, if they can start looking at, at what's inside them, what their values are, what their real needs are, not just the wants, but the real needs, and then look at the other person as a partner. Mm-hmm. How can we work together to figure this out so that it's the best outcome for everybody? Because there is a good outcome for everyone. There, there usually is a good outcome, an acceptable outcome. And one of the things that, I don't know if you want to go into that, the model that I was showing you right now, but yeah. you know, the, when you look at the conflict, there's a model that I've used quite a bit that it's a, a continuum. So along one axis is how important is the outcome? Do you have to get the outcome? Or is it something that, well, you know, you really don't care about that much? And where on that continuum is this particular conflict? Mm-hmm. And then the other axis is the relationship. Is this eh, not really an important relationship? Or is this something that you really have to preserve? You want to preserve? It's very important to you. And depending on where you go up or down or sideways on that, you're going to handle the conflict in a different way. So if it's something that's not all that important, the relationship isn't that important, you really don't care if you get what you want or not. It's like, okay, where, where are we going to go for lunch or that kind of thing? You know, mm-hmm. oh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Then, then the, the style that you respond with is kind of to avoid it. <laughs> or even if, if somebody, say you're in a parking lot and a homeless person comes up and you know, they, they want whatever they want and you're going to, are you going to have a conversation with them? No, because the relationship, you're not trying to build a relationship. Right. You don't really care about the outcome. You just want to get out of there. So you avoid, you go, you leave right. it. And it's totally appropriate to do that in those situations. And if it's about the relationship only, and you still don't care about the outcome, you're going to be accommodating whatever you want. We'll go wherever you want to go. We'll do whatever you want to do. And if you overdo that, you're a doormat. <laughs> you're just lying down saying, I don't care whatever you want to do. You know, in some situations, maybe that's helpful. But don't do it all the time. That's my warning to you. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's not a good place to be all the time where you get tread on. But then on the other side, if, if you must have the outcome, then the approach is direct. You're directive. You're saying this is the way it has to be. Now, sometimes that's really appropriate. If you are, let's say you're managing people and you have particular rules, let's say even if it's a safety rule, you're going to enforce that rule. If somebody's having a problem with that, you're going to enforce that rule because you have to have that outcome regardless of the relationship. Right. Because if they can't, go with that rule and stick to that, then the relationship isn't going to last. They're going to be gone or they need to be gone. Right. But you need to decide in, you know, which situation do you use that? And if you use that all the time, then you're a bully. (laughs) You're just Mm -hmm. knocking people over the head saying my way or the highway. And that doesn't get you where you want to be Um, as an entrepreneur, really in life, (laughs) anywhere. Truly. You know, and then when you're kind of in the middle, you've got two in the middle that are either compromise, 
or collaboration. And the compromise, there are times when it's appropriate to use the compromise, but not all the time. Because, well, what happens in the compromise? Nobody really gets everything they want. Sure. And, and they, they do it and can be satisfied with it. I think the highest level of conflict resolution is the collaboration where you spend time. And that's one of the drawbacks is you do have to spend time. You do have to have trust in that relationship, but you spend time working on the outcome so that it works for everybody. So you're building the relationship and people are getting the very best outcome that they can get by sharing wants and needs and different perspectives. You know, when you're, Mm-hmm. Working on things, what do they say? The, the, not the outcome, but you know, the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yes, that you yes. have, you get more input into that when you're collaborating. But all of these different styles have a drawback. They all can be used in certain situations, but not always. And I think the the key learning from that little conflict model is you need to understand all five of those styles. And you need to understand when to use them. And if you can use them strategically, you know, use them when you need to, when it's most appropriate and be able to flex your style instead of saying, oh, well, you know, I'm the avoider and I don't want conflict no matter what. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, when you can flex your style and strategically choose your style, that's when you're going to get farther and have much more success, build the relationships and, and get the outcomes that you want. Mm-hmm. Very, very good advice, and it makes me think too that um, so many of the so many of us in general, the communication really is such a strong point that that can balance a lot of the conflict out, a lot of the team uh, uh, misunderstandings. I've seen businesses where they think it's their employees, but yet they haven't articulated and have not had the conversations necessary for their employees to do what it is that they're expecting. They're expecting as the owner for them to complete something to a specific specification in their mind. And not everyone is like this, but I see this more often than not, but in their mind, they have a, a desire or an outcome that they want, but they did not pave that for and articulate that to the people that are helping them get to that outcome as a team. And then all of a sudden they're thinking it's them and yet, you know, the, the them, I'm doing air quotes, um, is expecting, you know, needing, is only able to fulfill that to that certain, you know, benchmark. But it, it, it just, the, the communication is so amazingly important that I can't stress that enough. And that actually rolls past even the business aspect. That rolls into our personal lives because so much of what we do on a regular basis is our thoughts. And then if we do not articulate properly, then it's in our mind what our expectations are, and yet the other people don't know. And so we're tying it to an outcome that we expect, but nobody else is able to help us fulfill because we didn't say what we needed. You know, so I'm digressing a little bit. I want to ask you, um, because I think it's fascinating. I'm digressing because I think it's fascinating. I see it tying into so many more conversations no pun intended, but so many more conversations (laughs) than just the business atmosphere. So thank you for bringing that to the table. I want to ask, uh, what, how do you define success when you go into these, um, engagements of helping 
the, foster the communication and eliminate the possibility of conflict or existing conflict. How do you define success in those? Well, it's achieving the outcome that the person wants. When I'm coaching someone, we talk about what are you trying to accomplish and what, what would feel successful to you. It's different for different people. Mm-hmm. But if they can, even the tiniest bit of success, if they can change the response that they get to something, if they can change how people are, are showing up, how people are acting with them, even like what you're saying, instead of expecting someone to read your mind and then not getting the results you want, you start getting better results because mm-hmm. of what you're doing. Whether it's, and you're absolutely right, whether it's personal or business, the communication rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many of us expect our better half to read our minds? <laughs> we, we, just, you know, it, I do expect it. No, I'm just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> I'm, I'm jesting. <laughs> Well, I know we've been married almost 44 years and we still haven't figured that piece out. <laughs> we're, we're going on 23 this year and we have not mastered that yet either. But our communication has gotten better. Yes. Our ability to put it out there and say what our needs are or what our desires are has, has gotten better. So the communication really is such a baseline. Necessity. Well, and people have to be a bit vulnerable in that, whether it's True. in business or in personal life. What you just said. They have to put it out there. They have to ask for what they want. Mm-hmm. And some people are afraid to ask for what they want. Mm-hmm. But you know, going to your team or to your employees or to your business partner or your life partner, whatever, and saying clearly, this is what I need, or even saying, I'm not exactly sure what I need here. This isn't working for me. Can we have this conversation? Can we talk about it and figure out... Mm how to make this work. So, you know, maybe you're not feeling that this is working out so well either. And I'd like to hear your perspective and help me uncover what mine really is. So, you know, those, those communication skills are, are not easy to master and we keep falling back one step Mm -hmm. back, two steps forward, but it's important to keep working on that. And, and to, to set those expectations, even just in that small conversation, you're saying how important it is to set expectations overall, and it is absolutely important. But even in a small conversation, let's have this conversation, and here's what I'd like to accomplish. Can you agree to that? Can we do this? So you're framing it at the beginning that, okay, we're not upheaval, you know, we're not going to break up as partners, or we're not going to be fired, or that kind of thing. Let's just have this conversation and see if we can sit side by side on the table, Mm. see if we can come to an agreement on how to work best. And you may need to revisit that. And often I see that with my coaching clients. Okay, we've got a piece of it and they implement that and work on that. And then they get feedback and they come back to me and they say, okay, this worked, but this didn't. Okay, so then we unpack it. And then we do it again. It's not going to be perfect the first time. No. Probably not the second or third. No, it takes layers. It takes layers. And just, I think the willingness to work through that, that vulnerability, putting yourself out there and asking for what you want. Mm -hmm. True. It's important. Yeah. So where does that take you on your entrepreneurial journey going forward? What's in the, what's in the future for you? Well, I'm, in the middle of a new project 
mm. which you're familiar with because I, I am. I had the rare privilege of interviewing you for that. It started out as an idea for a book called Women Who Push the Limits. And I decided to interview just amazing women like you who are pushing the limits. And I'm letting the women define what that means. Mm -hmm. And through that, I'm finding out what does that mean? What are the themes that, that run through those stories of all these amazing women? And it's, it's fascinating to see what drives women and where they hold back. Even seeing women who are reluctant to let me interview them, or they say, eh, I'm not ready. I don't know if I really push the limits. And, you know, I see something in them that they maybe don't see in themselves. So that, that's a piece of it that's going to go into my book, too, about, you know, what is it that we don't see about ourselves? So I'm just having a fabulous time doing that getting to know and getting to, to visit with such interesting women. If I can share just a couple of. Sure. You know, oh, yeah. Hoy Deb, Hoy Deb Gannon, <laughs> whom they already know is an amazing woman. But one woman is 89 years old, and she set the Guinness Book of World Records for the oldest person to summit Mount Kilimanjaro. Wow. And she did this with three broken ribs. <laughs> Wow. She, so she had done this when she was 87. She set the record as the oldest woman. But it only lasted for four months. And she said, that's not good enough. I'm going to go back and do it again. And so two years later, she summited as the oldest person to summit Mount Kilimanjaro. And you want to know why she does this? Why? Do you tell. She used to teach and she has a nonprofit where she raises money to send kids to CEO camp to teach them to be leaders. Oh, wow. And she's changing lives. She told a story. Oh, I'm going to tear up here. But she, she tells a story about a young teen who was on the verge of suicide. And she was able to send this young man to this camp and turned his life around. She's got so many wonderful success stories. And so she sees how she can make a difference by doing something physical, which wasn't just physical. It was obviously mental, too, all the preparation sure. and everything. But she did it so that she could help these children. And if that's not pushing the limits, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's an amazing story. That gave me goosebumps. Just the lives change and the catalyst that she has willingly become. Mm -hmm. for such people to have an amount for her to be there the moment that they needed them. Well, and you know, that's going to carry down to the next generation and the oh, next generation because they suddenly are not quote underprivileged children or low economic strata. They're finally learning these leadership skills and they're getting yeah. the idea, this, the this belief in themselves that they can do something, that they can do something different. They don't have to do what past generations have done. So she's changing so many things on so many levels. It's just incredible. Well, I'm pretty excited for that project of yours to hear about amazing women that are pushing limits out there because I know that I know that women exist that are pushing limits. Yeah. I know that. Well, if I could share one more story. Oh, please do. do. Please do. We do. So this other woman was 
having infertility issues. And she was in her late 30s, moving up on 40, was not able to get pregnant and did everything, you know, the usual things. And found out that she, in order to get pregnant, would need an egg donor because her eggs were not viable. Mm -hmm. And this was back in the 80s. So it wasn't a daily type thing that people talked about. She had to find her own egg donor and get everything set up, you know, do the, the search, get all the medical testing set up for the egg donor and everything that, to implant and all of that. She did all of that. She had two children. I think she's got three now, all with egg donors. And then, and she's an architect. Well, people started asking her, how did you do this? What did you do? And in the evening after her work, she'd put together systems and she'd talk to people and she'd start connecting people and telling them what to do and how to do it. And, and it dawned on her. She said, I can make a business out of this. Mm. And she did. So you think of an architect being very systematic. She used her systematic brain to put these systems in place. She's got a clinic here in Phoenix and it's, it's beautiful. She works with the egg donors. She screens them. She tests them counsels them, they harvest the eggs, and then she has a place to freeze those and then sends them off to the doctors who implant them. And this company that she's created has been responsible for over 3,000 babies. Oh my gosh. Now, can you imagine, talk about making a difference in the world? Totally. But, but taking something that was an emotional challenge as well as a physical challenge, Mm -hmm. we, say, we can say the same thing about somebody Mount Kilimanjaro. It's an emotional and a physical challenge in different ways. But she took that challenge and how she had overcome that challenge to help all these women get pregnant. I just think that's truly amazing, amazing oh. thing to do. And what a gift. What a gift. That's exactly what I was thinking. That is such an amazing gift. And for her to be, be able to answer that call when she realized that that was something that was the next step for her to pursue, to be able yeah. to bring that forward, be the trailblazer. That's, this is some great stories. Well, you know, and, and what that says to me is we all have challenges Yes. and looking at those challenges, how do you use those? How do you leverage those? You know, you've been through that. You've figured out how to get through that. Now, how do you help others get through that? How right. do you leverage those challenges and instead of crying about them. There are two ways we can go with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's results or excuses, right? <laughs> right? So let me ask you one more question. How has the entrepreneurial journey changed you? I feel so much more alive. I feel so much more confident. I've been able to connect with people that I wouldn't have connected with as an employee. Mm. I feel more creative. And yeah, there are the days, you know, that I go, oh my God, you know. But I'm I'm able to use my creativity in different ways. I love connecting with people. It's made me stronger. It really my confidence is stronger, my resolve is stronger, my resilience. You know, I just feel so much more alive. Mm -hmm. And my husband retired a couple years ago. But White Dove, I'm 70 years old, and I am not ready to retire. In no way am I ready to retire. 
And people have said to me, well, you know, aren't you going to, no, I'm not going to retire. <laughs> I can't imagine. Right. I love what I do. Even on the days when I go, oh, what am I doing? How do I do this? I love doing it when I step back and I'm so thankful that I've been able to get on this entrepreneurial journey and do things that I love doing. Mm -hmm. you know, people talk about having the freedom of being an entrepreneur, but they don't understand that that freedom maybe comes in small doses and <laughs> a different kind of freedom. It's not like being able to take off whenever you want and having the luxury vacations whenever you want, because when you're an entrepreneur, you're working pretty much 24 seven. It's always with you. And, you know, but they say, you know, everybody says, well, you can control your own time. Yes. And <laughs> you're controlling your time. If you're a good entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur, you're spending the time it takes. Mm -hmm. And the, the entrepreneurs I know who are really successful, never turn it off. No, you know, they figure out how to take vacations where they're still working or, mm -hmm. you know, bring a group along. One mentor I work with does masterminds in exotic places and he and his wife love to travel. So they bring masterminds to do that. I mean, there are ways to do things. So cool. But uh, anyway, I just, I'm so thankful that I've been on this journey. Thankful for the people who have helped me on this journey. For the support of my husband, who has never said, what the heck are you doing? You know, <laughs> even those times when I'm working hours and days in a row. That's right. So I'm really thankful for that. And it just, yeah, I do feel stronger, more in love with life. Mm-hmm being able to do it this way. And I have to say for the record uh, that I, I would not have known that you were 70. Oh, thank you. Not by you. a long stretch, actually. Uh, that you. surprises me. Uh, and the listeners can't see you. You're <laughs> amazingly beautiful, but I would not have known. So, um, well, but how can they connect with you? You mentioned connection uh, and I want them to be able to reach out and tap into the wisdom that you bring to the, the entrepreneurial journey. And, you know, if somebody needs to connect with you um, on business-related uh, working, how can they find you? Well, I would love to connect with people. Uh, my website is key, like lock and key, keyinnovativebusinesssolutions.com. And you can reach me at info at keyinnovative.com. And if, you know, I'm more than happy for your listeners, White Dove, to do a 20-minute strategy session with them, give them some ideas, help them. If they want to work with me after that, that's fine. If they don't, I know that in 20 minutes, I can help them with one particular thing, whether it's a conflict issue, a communication issue, productivity issue, mindset issue. I know I can help them with that. It's not going to be a sales call, but I will give them the opportunity to work with me. But um, info at keyinnovative.com and put in the subject line there strategic uh, consultation or you know free strategy session or something like that so I can look at those first I'm not looking at the spam I'll look at those <laughs> first <laughs> well, but I would, would love to do that they would be wise to take you up on that offer absolutely guys I, I want to thank my guest I want to thank you Lynn for coming on today and spending time you know, letting us see into what you bring to the world and the difference that you've made on your entrepreneurial journey. So thank you for coming. Well, thank you for inviting me. And I love what you're doing, White Dove. I mean, the women you're drawing together and just 
after interviewing you and you know we haven't met in person but when i got to interview you knowing all the people you touch in all the different ways and the difference that you're making in the world i i applaud you for that and thank you for your dedication and your commitment to doing that thank you lynn i take that to heart especially because it is a labor of love of mine but it's a difference that i know that needs to be made and i'm willing to be the one to step into creating this space for it so thank you and you do that so well. All righty. Guys, definitely check out the show notes. We will have her link backs for you. And I would encourage you to reach out, get a hold of Lynn, and always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Fem Nation podcast. Be sure to check out our show notes for more details from the episode. If you love the show, share it with a friend or drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you over at whitedovegannon.com or find me on social media. Until next time, keep moving forward.